0: Everyone, I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However, you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Debbie Osborne. (laughs) Not sure if I said it right still. Thank you for joining me today, Debbie.
1: Thank you. And yes, you did say it just perfect. So
0: <laughs> Awesome. So Debbie, if you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself, that would be great. Okay. Well, I, I
1: make my living as a lawyer, but as I've said for many years, what I do is raise other people's children. So I, I was a social worker many years ago got burned out. Um, I I just got tired of dipping out the ocean with a teaspoon, and I retreated to law school, but just couldn't get too far away from working with young people and found myself um, gradually moving into being a foster parent. I started out as an emergency placement uh, and then moved into um, respite care, which is short-term, taking care of, of um, kids while the parents had to go out of town for a weekend or that sort of thing, and then found myself as a, a long-term parent um, with a couple of girls. lived They lived with me at different times, but uh, and were not related to each other. But but they became part of my family. And uh, then I married um, in my forties, and my husband had custody of his two youngest kids. He had had has five kids. When I married him, the three oldest were adults um, by then and out of the house, but I found myself helping him raise his two youngest kids. So I've never had biological children, but over the years between foster parenting and step parenting, I have collected seven kids and 10 grandkids.
0: Wow, Um, that's interesting because um you mentioned that you, they're not biologically yours but because right. of your heart and that doesn't bother you at all you still see them as your own which i truly admire i come from a blended family um my siblings and me um either have the same mother or we don't have the same father etc and it goes back and forth so um yes um we don't see it as half and half we were brother and sister and that's all there is to it. We love each other regardless. So um, I understand the dynamic a little bit to biology and blood. And um, there's this quote um, in Boy Me's World, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, um, um, by this like teacher called Mr. Feeney. And he says, um, you don't have to be blood to be family. Right. And, that right. speaks volumes to um, your story and my story and anybody can be your family, it doesn't have to be blood, so. Right, it,
1: it, it is um, and that is very true. There are some hurdles you have to overcome and I, I discovered that in foster parenting. So by the time I had stepkids I had, um, I, I had made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of lessons with my foster kids. And one of the first lessons I learned is that from the child's perspective, I was not supposed to be in their life. They had, particularly the foster kids, they had a family and they wanted to go back to that family. And someone, the system, the judge, for whatever reason they um, were deprived of that family. But, but way deep down on a, a, almost, um, on a primal level that, that, that can't be reached by logic, they resisted me being in their lives because if the world worked the way it was supposed to be, they would not have been there with me in my house. And so when I, I got married and my younger stepsons, actually all of my husband's kids were just, they were delightful and, and very friendly, but they were reserved and they, they weren't going to invest a lot in the relationship um, until they were sure that I was going to be there for a while, number one. But number two, they, they wanted to see where I was coming from. And um, not not long after I married, my husband's ex-wife asked for custody of the youngest son. And so we were talking to him and, and trying to find out from him what his opinion was. And he he was he did not want to say anything that sounded like he was choosing sides. So he was was resisting the question and and we weren't trying to make him choose sides. We just wanted to know which way to to invest our resources and in which way to go with our decisions. My husband finally said to him, um, if you had a magic wand, what would your life look like? And he did not hesitate. He immediately said, well, if I had a magic wand, you and mom would be back together. And then he paused and, and he looked at me very concerned and said, um, no insult, Debbie, you, you and the dogs would be right next door. And <laughs> So I, he and I had bonded by then. We were very close. So I knew that it wasn't about me. It was simply that it's just not the way the world is supposed to work. So that was a big part of my realization is that, that I should not come in and try to replace the biological parent. It, it, that, that I am, um, I am my kid's plan B for a parent and that's okay we can have a wonderful relationship anyway and being a plan b can be pretty amazing and pretty wonderful so a lot of my um, journey with as a parent was learning to let go of expectations and and understanding the trauma that my kids had been through and understand where they were coming from
0: right and there is a lot of different family dynamics um the person, a parent, um, and this is just my own personal opinion, um, doesn't have to be a f- actual physical parent. It could be a grandmother taking on the parent role, or right. an aunt taking on the parent role, or a next door neighbor, or um, a grandfather. Um, the idea of a parent is someone simply sacrificing for the good of that particular child. So um,
1: Yes, and th- that is true. Um, it, but any parent, we have to be, we have to understand that our kids, um, they're not going to be grateful to us. They're not going to right. understand their, um, and, and part of it is, part of it's the trauma, but a lot of it's just being a kid. They have their, their own um, blinders on and their own blinkers. And, and to some degree, uh, the, the things that we do that, that put the, their world the way it is um, it, it should be invisible to them. If, if kids worry too much about adult things, like whether there's food in the refrigerator or whether or not there's going to be money to keep the electricity on, we call that neglect or an adverse childhood experience. So to some degree, a lot of what we do, they're not supposed to notice and appreciate. But on another level, we just have to keep sacrificing, and keep doing it and make the one-way commitment to take care of our kids uh, without them appreciating us or understanding it.
0: Right. So um in your professional opinion, how do you feel um the foster care system has been affected by the pandemic, considering everything is so chaotic and um a oh, lot it, of people are forced to be quarantined and that people it it,
1: it, it has been really incredibly hard for kids because um, particularly, well, it's been hard for all kids. Um, uh, I think we we've, we've are beginning to understand that experts, uh, doctors know a lot about disease and epidemiologists know a lot about disease, but apparently they, they know pretty much next to nothing about child, children's mental health. And so the, the lockdowns have been absolutely disastrous for children we are seeing increased anxiety, increased depression. We are seeing a lot of increased suicidal ideations. So, you know, there's a reason the Geneva Convention frowns on solitary confinement. And that's essentially what we've done to our kids for this past year. And so it's bad enough for kids who are living with their biological family, but then you have the foster kids and, and the stepkids, and they are quarantined from their, their biological parents or extended family, or in some cases, their siblings who are in a different placement. And they have gone more than a year now, many of them, without laying eyes on, on the kids. And then there's the the stories I've been hearing and reading about parents whose plan is for reunification, but they have to have conversations with three-year-olds over Zoom. And there's all these things they're supposed to be doing that the system says, you have to go to this meeting and that meeting. Well, nobody's holding the meetings, but the system isn't really taking that into account. so there, there's a lot of issues about how well can a three-year-old bond with their parent over Zoom, and yet they're they're losing time and they're losing important bonding time with their parents that I don't know if they'll be able to um, to make it up. And so I I am I'm not a, a fan of the lockdown uh, for children. I I think after a year we look back and we realize it's much easier to cure COVID in a child than it is to cure depression or anxiety or disrupted bond with parents. And it has been devastating for a lot of kids to lose that in-person connection with their siblings or their extended family. And it has been incredibly hard on foster parents to try to keep those bonds alive or or to work with kids who are are missing that time.
0: Absolutely. Um, For myself and I'm sure others adapting to this um, normal that none of us foreseen coming has been really challenging and difficult on all levels of anxiety and security those who are accustomed to some type of socialization who are not okay with any form of isolation whatsoever. Um, On a personal level, I'm not okay with isolation. I dealt with it enough when I was younger. So I have to revisit it as an adult. Um, It's not fun. So I can't be in the fathom being a kid right now during this pandemic? Because you're supposed to be outside having fun, enjoy being a kid, but you're like kid freedom is limited now right. to indoors.
1: Well, it it I, I've just been looking at some studies about kids and, and the need for them to, um, the kids in foster care who are placed apart from their siblings, how incredibly difficult it is for them Um, to to be missing that, that sibling relationship. And uh, with, and with stepkids, it's, it's the same way. If you've got uh, groups of stepkids who are living apart from each other, different parents have custody, then it's incredible. It's hard enough for them to bond anyway when they're, when they're living apart, but it's, it is much harder for them to bond when they're not doing things together. That's, one of the ways that 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 people bond with each other is by working on projects together, uh, sports teams, or family blended families going camping or um, having picnics or any number of of things. And yet, this this lockdown is has been depriving our children of of all of that. And um, Again, I think that, that the um, the experts we forget that experts know their very narrow field, but they, they don't know the whole picture for kids. And so mental health experts have been have been talking for months about the problems and the policymakers have been ignoring them and just focusing on the physical aspects and physical protection. And like I said, we we now realize that, that it, it, it is much easier to cure COVID in a child than it is to cure depression or suicidal ideations.
0: Right. So I do have that icebreaker question. Of um, many of my guests enjoy this question. Um, I'm not sure if I'm able to stump you or not, but we shall see. Um, if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, many people pick teleporting because I take flying away, but I have to make this question a little bit difficult. Right, right. so if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, what would it be?
1: Oh, I think it would be persuading people that I'm right. <laughs> that- <laughs> <laughs> that that might be because I'm a lawyer, and it would come in really handy in my job. But <laughs> but but also, I just think as a parent, um, the hardest part—other oh, many hard parts of being a parent—but one of the hardest parts for me as a lawyer is to realize that that my words just can't solve problems for my kids. That I, that I can't come up with the wisest, smartest things to say, and no matter how wonderful they sound to me, they're just not going to solve the problem. So if I had the superpower of persuading people to listen to me, then my life would be so much easier on so many different levels.
0: (laughs) That would be a good power persuasion, the power of persuasion and never having to be wrong. That (laughs) would be a good power. Uh, The power I would think, it's not exactly a power yet, but I feel like it would be in the future would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered.
1: That is a great one. That that really is a wonderful one.
0: So you can persuade people to be right and persuade <laughs> them into listening to the podcast on Mars.
1: Okay. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> intergalactic broadcasting and intergalactic legal counsel. <laughs> Right. that's right uh, well Debbie this has been a wonderful conversation um I truly have a heart for what you're doing and your story with family and foster care and I just admire you so much for um taking on that role because many people um for some reason are hesitant or unsure but um I truly admire you for being a parent to anyone who needs a parent
1: well thank you I I would say it I understand the hesitation because it's challenging but um, I, I, I'm the one who's benefited I cannot imagine my life without my children um, having this relationship has enriched me in ways that I I you don't have time left for me to explain it so um, <laughs> I, I i would also say that um you know i i, I I'm, I'm not a saint i'm not patient i'm not long-suffering i'm not tactful so if if i can do this then anybody can
0: absolutely um thank you again um you could have kept talking by the way there's no time <laughs> constraints really on my podcast but. Um, Thank you so so much. Um, oh, I
1: appreciate your time and I and, and I'm happy to keep going. You know, it's it's one <laughs> of those things that, that I, I encourage people to look seriously at, at um, fostering, but but I also would say if if you don't have the resources to um, to to foster long term, then Look at being a respite parent or an emergency foster placement. The the system needs people who can take kids for two, three, four days until the the caseworker can find a good place for them. Um, A lot of foster parents are dealing with challenging behavior and they need weekends off sometimes. The the only downside to, to doing the emergency or respite care is um i would just warn you that's how i started and the next thing i knew i had long-term teenagers so (laughs) it it can get you sucked in if you're not paying attention
0: (laughs) right (laughs) um do you have any social plugins to tie in before we wrap up here or any websites to recommend for those who want to be a foster parent or Want to know more about foster care in general?
1: Well, there's several websites. The, the first place that I would tell people to go look if they're interested in, in foster care is um, the National Association of Foster Parenting. It's NAFP online. I don't remember, I think it's a .org, but you can just Google NAFP online and that, that is a wonderful resource for foster parenting um, and a lot of the principles apply for step parenting and, and blended families as well. That's certainly what, what I found. My website is Debbie Osborne, D-E-B-B-I-E A-U-S-B-U-R-N.com. And then um, I've, I've written a book about what my children taught me called um, its title, Raising Other People's Children. And you can find out more about that at RaisingOtherPeople'sChildren.com. So um, I have a blog, but either Osborne.com or RaisingOtherPeople'sChildren.com will take you to that blog.
0: Awesome. Thank you again for joining me today. This was an awesome, awesome conversation.
1: Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really appreciate it.
0: No problem. To all my listeners, stay healthy, stay safe, and until next time. Bye. Hello, everyone. It is your Heart Warrior Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you like this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.